Welcome to the Travel Therapy Mentor Podcast, your number one source for travel therapy information and education, hosted by travel physical therapist duo Jared and Whitney. Join us every other week on Facebook Live to learn about a new travel therapy topic or listen to the replay right here on our podcast. If you're new to travel therapy and ready to get started, contact us to get connected with the travel therapy recruiters and companies we recommend by visiting TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com slash recruiters. If you're ready to remove the guesswork and jumpstart your travel therapy career, let us teach you step-by-step everything you need to know to get started and to be financially successful as a traveler by enrolling in our comprehensive travel therapy course titled Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist. You can visit TravelTherapyMentor.com course and use the discount code TRAVEL to save $150 on our course. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com course and the discount code is TRAVEL. And if you're looking for the best way to get your CEUs online as a traveler who's always on the go, you can use our discount code to get the best rate on an annual MedBridge subscription, which is where we get all of our online CEUs. Use code FIFTHWHEELPT, that's F-I-F-T-H-W-H-E-E-L-P-T, for the discount, all one word. And last, if you're interested in getting started with credit card hacking to take advantage of free or low-cost travel like we do, check out our top credit card recommendations for travelers at TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. Again, that's TravelTherapyMentor.com credit. All right, and now on to this week's episode. Hey everyone. Hey guys. Welcome to another Travel Therapy Mentor video. Tonight we're gonna to be talking about burnout and avoiding burnout or combating burnout as a travel therapist. Um, you know, burnout's something that if you're in any healthcare groups right now, travel therapy, um, PT, OT, SLP, nurses, physicians, every group right now is talking about burnout. And that's something that, um, you know, spans a lot of different professions. And we found that many travel therapists are able to use travel therapy to avoid that, at least to a degree. So tonight we wanna to talk about that and why travel therapy might help with burnout. So Whitney's going to introduce us and I'm gonna get this video shared in a few different groups. And we're so accustomed to saying travel therapy, but really this applies to all travel healthcare. Um, you know, we're gonna talk a lot about um, how it's gonna help nurses and other healthcare disciplines that choose to get into traveling. Um, all these strategies apply to all the different disciplines. Um, so anyway, my name is Whitney Aiken. I'm Jared Cazazza. And we're both traveling physical therapists. Many of you guys may know us as the faces behind Travel Therapy Mentor, and we also have our personal blog, which is called Fifth Wheel Physical Therapist. We've been doing traveling physical therapy for over six years now, and we've been mentoring others for about five of those years via our blog and our website. Um, so we've been making these videos consistently for um, probably the past three years or so. We've done them on a lot of different topics. This was actually a topic that someone reached out to us a few weeks ago and asked that we talk about um, because this uh, therapist, um, I believe it was a therapist, she was experiencing burnout and she's not alone and you know she wanted to us she wanted us to address it. So um, I thought it was a great topic for us to talk about as we're um, finishing up this year and getting ready to head into a new year. So thank you guys that are going to tune in live tonight. I see a bunch of you guys are already on. Jared is sharing our video in a few other groups so more people can join on with us live. If you guys wouldn't mind, just say hey in the comments and let us know who you are. Um, we'd love to know what your discipline is. Are you a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, a speech language pathologist, a nurse, an RT, or another discipline? Let us know. Um, are you a new grad? Are you a current traveler? Where are you at? 
And we'd also love if you guys would just, um, as we go throughout the video, share your experiences. Um, have you been feeling burnt out? What strategies have you been using to combat burnout as a healthcare professional? Um, and we'll teach you guys about some strategies that we've come up with as well. Hey, Joey. Hey, Ashley. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Nick. Hi, Shelly. Hi, Stacy. Hey, Suzanne. Sarah says that she's a PT in Virginia. She's a new grad traveler. Um, so thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I know a lot of you guys will watch later on the replay or listen later on the podcast. We appreciate you guys as well. Um, as we're getting started on our video tonight, I did also want to make a couple of announcements. Um, we are doing some sales right now for Cyber Weekend, if you will, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, we are running a sale on our comprehensive travel healthcare course. Um, our course is titled Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist, and we have helped lots of therapists and healthcare professionals get started with traveling healthcare via this course. Um, it is 12 hours of video content where we teach you literally everything that you could possibly need to know to get started and um, have a successful financial and just successful path in general as a travel healthcare professional. Um, personally, we're very biased, but we think the course is really helpful and it's absolutely your best way to get off on the right foot. We are offering almost 50% off on the course this week only. That sale expires on Wednesday. So if you guys want to save um, $250 on the course, you can sign up before Wednesday using the code Black Friday. We're also offering um, about 20% off on private mentorship calls with us. Um, there are certain people who have reached out to us and said that they just wanted to talk to us on the phone, one-on-one -on -one, rather than like messaging on Facebook or via email. Um, so we do offer that as a service. We do 30-minute or 60-minute calls, whatever you guys need to talk about. We've had um, people reach out to us like asking questions just about like if they're having a problem with the contract or if they're trying to negotiate their next contract. We've had people ask questions about finance, managing their student loans. So if you guys do want to sign up for a mentorship call with us before Wednesday, and we'll do those sometime in the month of December, um, those are 20% off. And then the last sale that we're doing, um, we have a discount for MedBridge, which is what we use to do all of our CEUs. I personally have a ton of CEUs to get done before the end of the year um, for my athletic training license to maintain that because I found out that a lot of my PT ones are not going to carry over into my athletic training license this year, unfortunately. So I'm going to be on MedBridge a lot in the next four weeks, um, but you guys can save and get um, not only a full year, but 13 months to add on an extra month during the holidays. So basically, if you sign up now for MedBridge, you'll get all of December and then all of 2022, and you save $175 off. The code for that one is TTM2021. So those are some sales going on right now if you guys are interested. Um, but let's dive into tonight's topic. Yeah, so like, like we mentioned, uh, burnout is a very, very common topic nowadays. It makes me feel really bad going into some of these groups sometimes and seeing how dissatisfied people are with their, their career choice. And it also makes me feel really bad for new grads coming in these groups and seeing um, current clinicians talk about how much they don't enjoy their job. And then this person that's maybe a second or third year in school, they already have a ton of time invested in school, um, thinking about, okay, well, great, now I'm going into this job that all these people online are saying they hate. And I've seen um, a lot of students say like, hey, all I ever see in this group is negativity and like how bad the job is and all that. And part of that I think is that people that are dissatisfied usually talk more about it, but it's obviously something that is increasing over time, um, uh, pro probably for a variety of reasons, you know, like 
declining reimbursement rates at permanent jobs mean lower pay, um, higher patient loads, uh, higher school debt, all of those things increase people's dissatisfaction with their, their profession. Yeah, and I think during the pandemic, it's been especially rough. Um, some places have been more short-staffed. The work demands have been a little bit worse. Um, Ever-changing COVID rules. If you're in an inpatient setting, you're having to don all this PPE. Um, and it's just, it's been a rough time. And so we get people to reach out that reach out to us all the time that are saying like, I just feel really burnt out in my current position. I need a change. There's unfortunately some people that are just considering leaving healthcare altogether. Um, we certainly know lots of therapists and lots of healthcare professionals that have left the workforce and gone into something else. But I know there's a lot of you guys out there that, you know, you still really enjoy patient care and you still really enjoy what you do, but you just need a change. You need something to switch it up so that you're not feeling so burnt out. So tonight we want to talk about some of those strategies that we feel like, especially if you go into tribal health care, will allow you to still provide patient care and do what you love, but not feel so burnt out while doing it. We've thought a lot about this. Um, as you guys probably know, we have never taken permanent jobs. We probably will never have permanent full-time jobs because we really enjoy the flexibility that comes along with travel therapy. And I think a lot of times when people get into travel therapy, they realize that suddenly they have a renewed um, kind of vigor for the, the job that they're doing because uh, there's just a lot of things that go into a permanent job going day in, day out, the monotony, uh, the work drama, you know, issues with coworkers, issues with patients that you don't have to deal with as much when you're, when you're a traveler. So um, we believe that travel therapy is a, or travel healthcare in general, is a great way to combat some of the, the burnout that permanent therapists feel. Absolutely. So the number one thing I think that really makes travel healthcare help you avoid burnout is the short-term commitment of the contracts. So there's just something really different about going into a job and knowing that it's only temporary. And I don't mean to say that like you're not going to do as good of a job or you're not going to be as good of a healthcare professional, but you just know that there's an end in sight if you get into a job that's not perfect for you. Whereas unfortunately, if especially say you're a new grad and you take your first job and you're like, oh, this is going to be my permanent job. I'm going to be here forever. And then you find out it's not all that you thought it was going to be or you know, say you've been in a job for a while and a new management comes in and it's just not great and you don't want to be the employee that puts in their notice. You don't want to quit something. But if you're a travel healthcare provider and you get into a bad situation or something that you don't like, there's just this peace of mind in knowing that it's short term and that you're not going to have to do it forever. Yeah, we often say you can do anything for 13 weeks and there's some truth to that, but you know, there are some positions that you get in that you really can't do it for 13 weeks. You know, there are really bad assignments that you can get into if you're not careful that, you know, 13 weeks is a very long time. But in general, you know, even if there's an assignment that you really don't enjoy that much, you know, there's an end and that after that you can take some time off. You can be more selective on your next contract and find a better place to go. And having that end date, uh, we find makes people, um, much less, I guess, annoyed with all the day-to-day the -day interactions that you know might bother you otherwise. And just moving around often and switching after one short-term contract to another short-term contract, it just keeps it a little more exciting. It keeps things more fresh. Um, maybe it requires you to try out new skills that you haven't used in a while. Um, and that brings us to our second point. With travel healthcare, you do have the ability to switch settings. So you don't have to feel so stuck in one setting. Um, maybe you decide to switch to one that you feel is less physically or mentally taxing. Like say you've been working acute care, you've been in the ICU and it, it's been really tough and now you're like, I'll go to something a little more laid back. I'll go um, to a different setting, like maybe skilled nursing or inpatient rehab or outpatient. 
Um, and if you really are fresh on your skills and you can even switch between like adults and peds if you have those skills for both, um, it can make a huge difference switching settings. This is something that I personally experienced my first 15 months or so out of school, tried to work as much as possible. All of them were outpatient jobs pretty much. I did a little bit of acute care, but mostly outpatient. And by then I started to feel a little working overtime, working PRN, I started to feel a little burnout with outpatient. I took a skilled nursing job, which, you know, skilled nursing isn't great, but it felt like a whole different profession to me. Like everything was new. Um, and for the first few weeks there, I felt like, wow, this is, you know, very different. I can learn a lot here. I can, uh, you know, expand my knowledge here. And having that switch felt really good. And then once I got done with skilled nursing and went back to outpatient, I appreciated it more, which was a really nice thing as well. Yeah, so we hear from a lot of travelers that they utilize that strategy, switching between settings, um, not only to keep their skills sharp, but just to avoid that burnout and getting too stuck in a routine and just not enjoying the setting that you maybe once loved. It sometimes it's nice just to switch it up. Yeah, Suzanne said my contract in January is outpatient inpatient split. That's actually a, a job that we really enjoy. We like those smaller hospitals that do a lot of uh, mix between inpatient and outpatient. When you're not as busy and inpatient, you see outpatient evals and things like that. And that's another way that you can mix things up kinda and not just be you know, day-to-day -day monotony of, of seeing the same types of evals, same types of patients over and over. And with that said, it may not even be switching the, the setting altogether, but a new location in the same setting could be completely different. Like you could be working at an outpatient clinic as a therapist where they're running you in the ground and you're, you're seeing 15 to 20 patients a day and then you your next contract you find like say a hospital-based outpatient where it's one-on-one -on -one for an hour max eight patients a day and it could be completely different or say that you're an acute care therapist and you or an acute care nurse or um, other specialty in the hospital if you go from a really big level one trauma hospital where you've got a ton of covid patients and you've got a ton of really serious cases and then you go and work in a sleepy little um, rural hospital with 20 beds, that could really switch things up for you and make you appreciate what you do more and just give you time to breathe. Yeah, and kind of along with that, the having the end in sight, switching jobs frequently, you can avoid a lot of the workplace drama. We just made a meme about this uh, last week and we got some um, comments and messages about that. We were basically saying how as a traveler, it's easy to avoid the workplace drama that you might otherwise fall into as a permanent therapist, because you can just be like, well, you know, I'm just, per I'm just here temporary and uh, you know, I don't need to deal with it as much. Whereas if you're a permanent therapist there, that really impacts you. So like changes with documentation systems or changes in uh, caseload or all these things that if you're a permanent therapist, that's your new reality. If you're a traveler, you know that, okay, as soon as my 13 weeks are up, I can just move on. This isn't a huge deal to me and it doesn't impact you as much, which is really nice. So being able to avoid some of that drama, I'm sure you guys know in clinics, there's always like uh, little things, little issues that pop up in the drama in the workplace that uh, you really don't have to get involved with as much when you're a traveler. Yeah, it's nice just not to have to worry as much about like the drama or the politics, if you will, of the, the facility where you're working. Um, you also don't necessarily have to take on like a lot of extra responsibilities. So if you're a permanent uh, employee there, they might be adding extra things onto your duty list beyond just patient care. Like maybe they're having you do some paperwork, make some calls, manage some back office stuff. 
um, or whatever that might be in your particular setting. Whereas as a traveler, you can usually just kind of like treat your patients, do your documentation, get out of there. So you're not staying late. You're not putting in extra hours that you're not getting paid for, working off the clock, that kind of stuff. Um, and you're not having all these added responsibilities that are sometimes part of a permanent job. And that can really make a big difference. We hear that a lot. You know, we've never taken permanent jobs, but working in the different clinics that we go to, we hear all the time therapists talking about like little extra things they have, have to do, especially salaried therapists where, you know, they're not going to get paid overtime. A lot of time the manager or the clinic owner is trying to push them to market or get out and do things on top of their normal patient care uh, caseload. Whereas us as travelers, we've never had to do that. And there's this idea that travelers get worked really hard and they get the hardest patients and all that stuff. That has never happened to us. And the majority of the time we work significantly less hours than the permanent staff because their salary. And if the management pushes them to work extra extra hours, they don't lose any money by doing that, the facility. Whereas if they push us to work extra hours for us to go do marketing and things like that, they pay a huge overtime rate for us to, to do those things. So usually they're like, oh, okay, well, we don't want you to do that. We'll have someone else do it. Um, and that's an advantage of being a traveler. Yeah. Um, I see a bunch of you guys are leaving comments and asking questions. We will go through all of your questions at the end. Um, so if you have questions that you want to ask us, type them in the comments. If you want to share some feedback about your personal experience with burnout, with your personal experience about being a traveler or thinking about getting into traveling, please leave it in the comments. And if you agree or disagree with anything we've said, um, you know, not everyone has the same experience travel. We've done it for a while now, but some people have significantly different experiences than us. Yeah, definitely. Also, if you guys are getting value out of this video, if you're learning anything, if you're enjoying it, we would love if you would hit that thumbs up button and just show us that you um, appreciated the video. All right, so another big reason we think that travelers are able to avoid burnout, and someone already mentioned this, I saw in the comments, um, you're able to take time off between contracts. You know, as a permanent therapist, you usually have maybe two, two or maybe three weeks of paid time off and paid time off is great, but you're very restricted in what you can do with two or three weeks. And a lot of times as a permanent therapist, you're not able to take those weeks back to back. There's a bunch of clinics and a bunch of therapists that we've talked to where they can take like five days at a time and they can't take long stretches of time off. And sometimes you need longer to kind of uh, basically gain an appreciation for your job again, you know, start to feel like you're valued and feel like you, um, you, basically you appreciate treating patients. You want to have that when you go in the clinic, feel like you're making a difference, feel like you're really doing uh, good by the patient. And sometimes when you have long stretches of working, that kind of fades. And uh, we find that when we take long periods off and then we go back in the clinic, we really appreciate our jobs again. We really appreciate treating the patients. We're happy to work with them and uh, feel like we're making a difference in their lives. Yeah. And just having that extra, that flexibility to take time off between contracts um, just really can allow you to rest and recharge, take charge of more like self-care things that you maybe just kind of get in a rut with a permanent job and you're not able to really take that time and reset. Um, it's like a new beginning every time you take a little bit of time off, whether it's a few days, a few weeks, a few months, it's just like a reset, like, okay, I'm going to start a new next contract. Um, you know, maybe it's a new setting, new facility, new city, but it could also be, look, I'm going to take better care of myself this next contract. I'm going to sign up for a gym membership at the next one. I'm going to take more control of my diet. I'm going to, you know, whatever it might be. 
Um, it's, it's really just amazing, the lifestyle flexibility of being able to take time off between contracts. Um, you can you know plan vacations around this. You can plan time at home. I mean, how much would it mean if you could just go spend an entire week un uninterrupted with your family, especially if you have like aging parents and you might be able to help them with a project or go see some nieces and nephews you don't get to see that much. It's just, it's really amazing to be able to take that time between contracts. The time between contracts is the biggest reason that we um, have stuck with travel therapy as long as we have because we've taken long, long periods of time off. Any of you guys that have followed us for a few years now, we took five months off and went to Asia in 2018. We took four months off and went to Europe in 2019. So we've taken a lot of long trips that we would never have been able to do if we were working permanent jobs. Definitely. Um, I mean, even right now, like we're getting to be home for the holidays. Um, and you know, a lot of you guys might think like, well, I could be home for the holidays with a permanent job too. I just work at home, right? But you might be working the entire time that you're home and you definitely may not appreciate that time that you're home as much. But now we're like not working. We're just, just home and get to be home and get to help our parents with things and see our friends and whatever. So it's, it's been really great for us. Yeah. So the, the last thing that we have here, uh, why we think that travel really helps avoid burnout is the higher income. And a lot of, I see a lot of you guys talking about pay in the comments. Pay is really high right now for travelers, especially for travel nurses, travel respiratory therapists, um, but even travel PTOT, SLP, the rates are all the highest we've seen in our entire time of traveling, over six years and probably much longer than that. It's probably some of the highest rates right now in the last 10 years, which is wonderful. And uh, when you compare that with what some people are making in their permanent positions, you can make two or sometimes three times as much We've heard a lot of permanent therapists that leave their jobs, they start taking these high paying travel contracts and they're making two and a half times what they were making at the permanent position. And uh, having that additional uh, financial runway, you know, additional security there can make people feel a lot better and take some of the weight off of your shoulders. Um, you know, a lot of the stress that you have and the burnout that you have, uh, at least from what we see, is related to finances. So making a lot, of, lot more money can really resolve that. Yeah, because if you are in a permanent job and you're not only feeling like you're being overworked, you're feeling burnout, you're also feeling like you have no escape because you have these bills, um, these debts, these student loans that, you, that are weighing down on you and you're like, I have to work this job to make this money to be able to pay this off and maybe it's even driving you to work overtime or work a second job, like pick up a PRN job on the weekend and maybe you're just running yourself into the ground because of finances that's a lot of the reason why people work so much is to meet their financial goals so now suddenly if you can make the same or a lot more with travel health care while taking more time off and having all this lifestyle flexibility it just takes that weight off your shoulders to be able to meet some of your financial goals so you're not running yourself into the ground just to pay those bills we've written and we've made videos in the past about semi-retirement is what we call it um, and that is a real possibility for travelers because if you can make twice as much or two and a half times as much as you would at a permanent job, well now, instead of just working the full year and making a lot more money, you can cut back on the time that you're actually in the clinic and instead work maybe six months a year and take longer periods of time off um, to travel or to do whatever you wanna do. Maybe you work a contract, take a month off, work a contract, take a month off. And uh, you know, having the additional income makes that feasible. Yeah, it's just really been the sweet spot for us. So for those of you guys that may or may not know our full story, we worked full time as travelers for only three years. We took back to back to back to back contracts. And so we were really hustling There's those, a little those time first off three years with, with taking very minimal time between jobs. Um, a lot of them were back to back, starting uh, ending on Friday, starting on Monday. Some of them we took maybe a week between. 
um, to go back home or whatever, but we were really trying to save as much as possible during those first three years. Um, and Jared, like he said, he was even getting some overtime. He even picked up a PRN job at one of our contracts. But once we did that and we were able to get a really good savings, we were able to transition to what we now call semi-retirement, where we only work six months or less per year. And we're still meeting our financial goals, um, but also having that flexibility of taking longer breaks between contracts and just really improving our lifestyle. So with travel therapy, it allows you a lot of flexibility to possibly semi-retire. In the meantime, for some people, if you don't see yourself doing patient care for the rest of your career, having that extra cushion of money could allow you to start something else. Um, whereas maybe in your permanent job where you're working you know, 48 to 52 weeks a year, maybe you weren't having the time or the mental space to start something else. But we've known lots of travelers that have started um, a side hustle, if you will, or kind of use travel therapy in, in, in order to transition to something different. And this is almost exactly what we did, to be honest. Like, I started the Fifth PT website, um, I think maybe nine months after I graduated. And that was sort of like just a, a side hobby in the beginning, just writing about finances, writing about travel therapy. And then I didn't have a lot of time to put into it. We were traveling, we we're doing weekend trips, things like that. So not a ton of time to write, not a ton of time to promote it. But then when we had the time to travel, go do things, had more free time, then we were able to really double down on that and turn it into more of a income generating uh, business instead of just a, you know, a side hustle, a hobby type thing. Absolutely, so I really think that travel healthcare can be, you know, the mecca for some people that's gonna help them not only get out of debt and get out of being burnt out, but if your ultimate goal is, is to not do patient care forever, or maybe just transition to where you are able to financially afford to work part-time and still um, value and enjoy your job with patient care. I really think that travel healthcare can help you guys get to those goals um, and enjoy the reason why you got into healthcare in the first place more without feeling so burnt out. Yeah, and some some of the permanent therapists that we talk to, they are in such a financial position that they feel like they need to work multiple jobs or they need to work a lot of overtime just to make ends meet. And so just if you traveled, even if you traveled the same number of weeks per year, but you only worked 40 hours a week instead of 50 or 55 hours a week, that alone might be enough to make you feel better about the job and make you not uh, spiteful or you know feel like you're being taken advantage of as a healthcare professional. Right. Um, and obviously, just with the financial part, so many healthcare workers just feel as though they're being underpaid for the work that they're doing in their permanent job. So if finances are one of your biggest goals, you can seek out those higher paying travel contracts. So then even if you, your job is still challenging, you're at least being paid at a higher rate and you feel like you're being valued more um, based on the pay. Yep, so that's all we got for that. I, I think these five things are, uh, I know it's helped us a ton and I think it helps a lot of other permanent therapists or even students that transition straight into travel, avoid burnout, or at least be able to manage it a little better. You know, the time off to recuperate uh, is a big thing in travel. And the more, the longer we travel and the more we see other people travel for longer periods of time, the more time they take off between contracts. And I think that is a, probably a smart way to manage uh, burnout in healthcare. Yeah, so just to recap what those five uh, key points were that make travel healthcare um, well-suited to help you avoid burnout, they were, uh, number one, short-term contracts, meaning that there's a, a quicker end in sight. Number two, being able to switch to new settings um, in order to switch it up. Number three, you're able to avoid the workplace drama and the politics of the facility. Number four, you're able to take more time off between contracts um, to pursue other interests 
take care of yourself, go on vacation, see your family. And number five, you're able to earn higher income, allowing you to meet your financial goals, possibly switch to a non-patient care role eventually or semi-retire at some point. Yep, um, so we're gonna go through some of the comments, questions. If you guys have any additional comments or questions, please leave those below. And one more time, if you could, please like the video. The more you guys like and interact on the videos, the more other people see it, which yeah. um, you know we're always trying to spread information. And if there's something that we didn't touch on that you have personally utilized, um, you know, another thing I was thinking just as we were talking, um, as a travel healthcare professional, while it has all these perks, just don't feel as though you have to overachieve as much. Um, of course, still always provide good patient care, but you should know that you don't have to get as involved because you're not gonna be there for as long. Um, so hopefully that'll provide you a little more peace of mind as a traveler um, that you can just go home at the end of your day and try to leave work at work. Yep. All right, guys, um, we'll go through, there's lots of questions and comments. I know some of you guys are having conversations in here, which is wonderful answering each other's questions. So let's see what you guys are chatting about. Sandy, hi, I'm a PT looking to get started in travel. Welcome. Shelly, PT, current traveler, finishing on Tuesday. Stacy, OT, student interested in traveling. Welcome. Um, Sarah wanted to know, earlier we were talking about CEUs, at what point do you begin CEUs for your license? I think that when you're a new grad, you're exempt your first year. So if you got licensed this year, I wanna say you probably don't have to report until the end of 2022, but- It probably depends on the state as well. But definitely check your state, um, just Google. So you're in Virginia, just look, um, you know, Virginia PT board and look at the CEU requirements, but probably it'll be when you renew your license for the next time which will probably be the end of 2022. That's usually when you report them, is during the renewal process. Um, Shelly mentioned that traveling helps her because she gets the time off between jobs. Yeah, that's 100%. a big thing. Hey George. Suzanne, um, she mentioned that she needed a break from acute care and is now working part-time in outpatient. I could definitely see that right now with COVID especially. Yeah, acute care is a, a tough place to be right now, I would imagine. Um, Shelly also mentioned she was at a small hospital in Iowa and switched it up. Renee also mentioned enjoying the inpatient-outpatient split. That can be a really good balance when you have those jobs where you split units. Sarah says, thinking about working in a COVID unit, it's six to eight patients per day. Any thoughts? It's complete head-to-toe PPE. Um, I know a yeah. few people responded to that. And, uh, you know, it, we, have not, we have not worked in an inpatient unit um, inpatient settings since COVID started. I would imagine it would be very challenging with the full PPE. Um, we were just talking to um, a family member who is working with COVID patients and it, it is challenging. I think Nick Nick uh, hit the nail on the head there. He said he worked in COVID unit. COVID unit, it was really tough. PPE is really hot. He wouldn't recommend it unless you make a lot of money. Uh, I would agree with that. I mean, you're putting yourself at more risk. Uh, being in PPE all day is taxing. So uh, you want to be compensated well for that. Yeah. Um, Sarah did mention that the pay was insane. So there is that. They are trying to compensate to offset. So that goes back to you can do anything for 13 weeks. That's the way I would look um, at it. But Shelly does mention there's a reason and I would be cautious. So you do have to take in, uh, into account why are they paying a lot? Uh, are they desperate to get somebody there? And it's very important that you ask a lot of good questions always on your phone interview with the facility to get an idea of what you're going to be getting into because definitely I know that a lot of our friends working in COVID are, are feeling pretty burnout, COVID units. 
Renee says, I'm a PTA. I'm wanting to start traveling again at the beginning of the year. Congrats, Renee. Yeah, um, finally, the PTA market is uh, improving, so hopefully you'll be able to find something, yeah. something that fits you well. Nick says, bye. I'll be seeing you two in San Antonio if you go to CSM. We, fingers crossed, we were hoping to go to CSM. We're trying to work out some of those details now because it's really right around the corner. It's like two months away. Chances are we'll be there, and if nothing changes with COVID, we should have a big meetup there, so hopefully we'll meet some of you guys there. So stay tuned. Um, Kyle says, I'm a perm PT here. I was burnt out even before the pandemic. I'm currently burnt to a crisp. That's awful, Kyle. I switched from private practice to geriatrics for a few years. Travel PT is a strong consideration for everything that you guys have discussed. Yeah, uh, when you're early, you're young in your career, you don't have a family. Um, we think that travel is a very good option, especially right now where there's a ton of jobs. Uh, you can be very selective, you get paid really well. Um, there's a lot of benefits right now. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely be chatting with Kyle some more um, about his transition to travel. Um, Shelly says, I sure have appreciated the info that you've shared. I'm in the semi-retired world. Congratulations, Shelly. Two contracts back-to-back -back this year. I maxed out my Roth and now looking forward to a long break. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a weight off your shoulders. It feels good to be able to take a long period of time off. Um, Sarah replied and wanted to know if we could explain how to max out your Roth. Jared. <laughs> um, a Roth account is just a, a retirement account that's with after-tax dollars. You fund it with dollars that you already pay taxes on out of your paycheck. And at age 55, you're able to withdraw from that account tax-free. You're able to invest in you know, normal funds in that account, either individual stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, whatever you want to invest in in that account, it grows over time. And then when you retire, you can withdraw that money tax-free. Um, so it's but a- Regardless of whether you choose a Roth account or a traditional IRA or your 401k, whichever account, um, basically the, the bottom line is just trying to invest early in your career and start maxing out, or whether or not you have enough money to put aside to max out yet, at least putting some money aside in a 401k or an IRA. Um, Sarah, we have articles about this um, on our blog. Jared has written a ton about that kind of stuff on our Fifth Wheel PT blog under the finance section. We also talk a ton about this in our online course. Um, so in our course that I explained earlier, Becoming a Financially Successful Travel Therapist, we not only talk about just like the basics of getting started as a traveler, we also talk about how to utilize that money for good to pay off your debts, to start investing early in your career. So we go into a lot of detail about investing as a therapist or as a healthcare professional. And that's how we are able to get in good shape so quickly. We took all the money that we made as travelers, kept our expenses really low, invested that intelligently, and now the investments have done really well. So now we're in we're very good financial shape. All right, Stacy says, I was advised not to start my career in travel because of the potential lack of support and mentorship. What are your thoughts on this? And, and also, do you have any advice on how to make sure to get a placement with good mentorship? So I just finished an article on this just a few days ago that will be out on the blog probably in the next week or two. Um, this is something we, we get asked about a lot and it really depends on um, what you need as a, a new therapist because we started as new grads and within the first two years or so of traveling, we worked with a ton of therapists. And when we went from clinic to clinic, I would talk to each therapist. I would listen to how they communicated with patients. I would ask them about treatment ideas. I'd ask them about evaluation techniques. And I learned so much from the variety of therapists. So you might not have like one-on-one -on -one mentorship that you sometimes get, not always at permanent jobs, but you're able to learn from so many different therapists that I feel like I was a much better 
rounded clinician after traveling for two years than I would have been if I would just settle down in a permanent job and worked with one or two other therapists. So it really depends. Um, but in terms of like trying to get a good contract, you know, you have to ask that question in the interview because every contract's different. My first travel job, I had a lot of mentorship there as well, which really helped. So, um, you know, if you find the right contract, you can get a lot of mentorship and still get all the benefits of travel and also learn from a bunch of different clinicians. So it all depends on the situation, but make sure to ask that in the interview. If you feel like that's something you really need, make sure there's at least gonna be other people um, of your same discipline at the facility so that you can learn from them. Uh, and ideally, if you really need it, maybe there's some kind of program that they can help you with or something like that. Yeah, mentorship can come in different forms as a traveler. Um, you definitely want to ask during your interview for your first job to make sure there will be another clinician of your same discipline working in like all the time with you. Um, may, maybe or maybe not, um, will they have the opportunity to mentor you side by side, but you at least want to have somebody that you can ask questions, um, bounce ideas off. Sometimes they'll try to pull the wool over your eyes by saying like, yeah, we have another PT, but like she's at this other clinic that's nearby. You could always call her. It's ideal if you work side by side or in the same facility with somebody of your same discipline for that first contract. Um, but you could also, sometimes the travel company will have a clinical liaison that you can talk to on the phone if issues come up, or they'll provide you with like um, a current traveler who can be your mentor that you'll have their phone number and you guys can talk. Um, we also encourage you to keep the line of communication open with old CIs, old professors, um, other types of mentorship that you can just bounce ideas off of. Um, outside of work, but definitely for that first contract, try to get somebody in the clinic of your same discipline. And as far as being advised not to travel uh, for your first contract or right out of school as a new grad, it certainly is not for everybody. We don't want to try to pretend like every new grad is coming out of school and ready to travel right away. We did it, we had a good experience, but we also know travelers that didn't have a good experience. So you have to be honest with yourself and know if you really feel prepared to travel. It's not for everyone. Absolutely. Renee says, I have experience as a travel PTA. I know there are a lot of CODAs and PTAs that are interested in traveling, but they're fearful at times. Um, would you do a video that includes PTA and CODA market? I know that changes are going to take place January 1st. So we just recently did a video talking about the travel therapy job market um, in November. So if you want to scroll back, um, I think it was like two videos ago, um, we did our job market update and we did talk about all um, disciplines, including PTA, CODA, PT, OT, SLP. Um, in general, the PTA market has picked up. It's definitely not as good as it was pre-COVID, pre-PDPM and PDGM changes. Um, and unfortunately, there could be some more changes coming with Medicare cuts for assistance. So it's not as good, but PTA is definitely picking up. Right Coda, now, it's the best it's been in two years, though. So sure. since PDPM, PDGM, it's the best it's been, and it is gradually improving month after month. So hopefully, before too long, we'll be back to where it was uh, You know, prior to basically fall of 2019. Right, and CODA is not quite as good as PTA, but definitely rebounding. Um, for both PTA and CODA, the most important thing with the job market is to be as flexible as possible. You just have to be willing to go where the jobs are. You can't just say, I want a job in Austin, Texas. There's probably not gonna be one. You need to have like two or three or four state licenses. If you're a PTA that's eligible for the compact, hugely helpful. Um, because then you're eligible for all 20 plus states that are in the compact and you can just be willing to go wherever those jobs are. So you have to just be more flexible as an assistant right And now. we do know assistants that have continuously worked even through COVID. So if you're very flexible, you're willing to go to different settings, you have a lot of state licenses, you can still make it work even in tough job markets, especially if you have experience. 
Um, Shelly asks, what is our plan next? It's great that you've been home. Um, good question, Shelly. So we are kind of hanging around Virginia, which is home for us, off and on over the next couple months so that we can be in town for the holidays. Um, so we did a short road trip up to New York to see some friends, came back for Thanksgiving. We have another short road trip planned to Florida to see some friends. Um, and then we're actually getting ready to head somewhere um, a little more tropical just for one week next week. So stay tuned um, where that's gonna be. But we'll kind of be back and forth between now and like the holidays. Um, and then we're hoping in February to head to South America, but to be determined, we're just kind of still keeping an eye on things. In 2020, we had a whole five month trip planned to Central and South America. We had to cancel it. So we're still trying to like rebuild some of those plans, maybe starting in February. Um, Nick responded regarding Stacy's question about mentorship, and this is um, actually basically what he said is a lot of what we also tell people. There are also a lot of permanent jobs that don't even really offer support, so I feel like you're often in the same boat, perm versus travel. Yeah, a lot of the, at least my classmates and new grads I've talked to, um, they'll go to a permanent job that says they have mentorship, and all that means that there's another therapist there that you can ask questions. and. That's how most travel jobs are as well. So um, you just have to keep that in mind that mentorship is not all created equal. Some have very good mentorship programs for new grads at perm jobs. Some say they have mentorship. It's not really. It's just another therapist there. Um, and then Renee responded regarding the mentorship. I would go for it. I was a new grad PTA in 2007. I worked at a small hospital in Washington State. I was in the same assignment for nine months to get experience, and I received mentorship. So great advice there, Renee. Um, that's also a really good strategy and one that Jared utilized. His very first travel job, he extended it twice and stayed for nine months. And talk about mentorship like that. It was an excellent position to be in as a new grad. Even better, if you could talk with your recruiters as a new grad and say that you'd rather get into a gig that's going to be six months off the bat, there's quite often contracts that will take you for six months off the bat, and that will allow you to have a better experience. Yeah, I enjoyed my first assignment so much, I almost stayed there a full year. So um, if you can get a, a situation where you're making travel money, you still have a little bit of that permanent job life, you still get mentorship, that's kind of the best of all worlds. Oh, um, Sarah said, my current CD went to school with Whitney, small world. Uh, Sarah, I don't know if you wanna share their name, um, or you can just send me a message, that is funny. Um, I'd be interested to know where you're at and who it is. Um, okay, a couple more questions Suzanne here. Suzanne says, it's $45 an hour high. I thought you wanted it to be around 20. Um, it really depends on the job because there are situations where if it's a really high paying job lately, we've seen some that have a very high taxable rate, but they also have maxed out stipends. So there are situations right now where the jobs are paying so much that they can't allocate any more to your, uh, your stipends, your housing, your meals, your incidentals those are maxed out for the area that you're in, and that's uh, set by um, federal guidelines. So if they max out all those stipends, the only other place that that can go is either reimbursements, there's only so many reimbursements, and then it goes to your taxable pay. Yeah. So if it's a situation where the job pays really high, you might get a much higher taxable rate. That's not a bad thing. It's great to make more money. And Suzanne, if I'm not wrong, I believe that you're in California, so you could be looking at some of those um, jobs. We just recently uh, referred a therapist to one of our recruiters and they sent us the pay package to look over and it was um, a job in the Bay Area and they had the um, taxable hourly up in the 30s 
And that therapist had asked, basically you asked like, oh, I'd rather lower that, increase my stipends. But when we went back and talked to the recruiter, it was that the, the stipends were already maxed out. It's just the bill rate, the amount the facility was paying in California in the Bay Area was so astronomical that uh, they had already maxed out the stipends and he was still making 30 some dollars an hour. And I think his after uh, tax weekly pay was like 3200 or something crazy. Yeah, any of these jobs that are paying 3000 or higher, which we're seeing more and more of those and we have them on our list um, every now and then, those jobs are always gonna have a higher taxable hourly rate just because your stipend's already maxed out. All right, guys, gonna go through a few more of your questions. Thank you guys for all this great engagement tonight. We love to hear from you. Please let us know if you have any other questions, any other suggestions regarding your experience with burnout. Um, again, if you wouldn't mind just hitting that thumbs up button, we would really appreciate it. Um, Renee mentioned that she does, she is eligible for the compact and has a few licenses. That's going to really help you right now in this job market. Um, having experience and having multiple licenses is great. All right, let's see if we got any other questions. Jeff. Jeff. Uh, in Jeff. Northern Virginia, Jeff? No. We'll talk. We'll yeah. talk. <laughs> um, uh, good mentoring at this placement with him and the other PT. I have another travel PT here, which is nice to bounce ideas off of. That's great. All right. So our stipends are maxed. Yeah. So if your stipends are maxed out, then the money pretty much has to go to your taxable pay. So it's not a bad thing to get more money taxable if there's nowhere else to put that money. Um, you know, that's uh, that's a good problem to have for sure. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, if there aren't any more questions, we'll wrap up for tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope that this has been helpful. We really hope that many of you guys will be able to um, pursue travel healthcare careers in order to combat burnout. Um, unfortunately, I mean, we have heard of some travelers that said that they were still feeling burnout, but um, we would hope that they would also try to utilize these strategies to combat that and still find ways to enjoy their career in healthcare. Um, we feel like travel healthcare is the best and we wouldn't trade it for anything. We love our careers as travel healthcare providers. Um, and we've mentored literally thousands of others at this point that most of them have had a good experience too. So we hope you guys will continue to have a good experience. Yeah, we're definitely biased, but travel healthcare has been great for us. Um, I don't know where we would be if we took permanent jobs. Uh, who knows, maybe it would be better, but we really enjoy our lives right now. So things have been very good. Um, we'll be traveling next week, so we probably won't have a video, but two weeks from now we will come up with some other topic. If you guys have any topic ideas or suggestions, uh, let us know. We're always looking for things to talk about. Yeah, so stay tuned. Um, like I said, we do have those sales going on right now if any of you guys are interested in our course. If you want to do a mentorship call with us um, or you want to get a discount on CUs, we'll be continuing to advertise that on our Facebook page and our Instagram. And then stay tuned next week on our Instagram to see where we're headed. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. <laughs> All right, thanks guys. All right, bye guys. Have a good night. See you.